Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to After the Fact. Good evening and welcome to another episode of After the Fact. I'm your host, John Nolan, and thank you for tuning in this evening. Thank you for joining us here on Clamaris Community Radio. This is our weekly quiz trivia game, each episode featuring questions entirely about a single country, and tonight's country will be revealed momentarily. So let's go and meet the teams on the blue team tonight. Nobody is here, but they are existing in virtual land. So let's go and meet. First on the blue team is Miss Carol Cronin. Hello. How are you doing, Carol? Not so bad. First uh, uh, quiz of this season. Yeah, that's true. Have you been listening to the previous episodes? I have, yeah. Do you like It'll be interesting. <laughs> okay. Do you like the team anyway, the countries? Well, I know an awful lot more about the Netherlands this week than I did last week. <laughs> Very good. Okay, and Carol's teammate tonight is a man making his debut with us this evening. Uh, good evening, and come in, uh, Brian Shaw. Hi, John. How are you doing? Very good, Brian. Thanks for joining us tonight. Tell us, tell the people where you are. Yeah, well, I'm a Tipperary man originally, but I'm, I live in Belfast now, John. So I'm up north here, and uh, yeah, and like Carol, I, it, I've learned a lot about Netherlands as well. But I would have done well on the Venga Boys question, so it's a shame I wasn't here for that. But couldn't understand how they didn't get the two unlimited song, you know, seriously. <laughs> even Paddy, even Paddy Duffy was defeated by two unlimited, which was a bit of a surprise to me, I have to tell you. Right, we go across the table to the one man who is sitting at the table. He's also a debutant tonight. It's Sean McDermott. Good evening, Sean. Good evening, John. How are you doing, Sean? I'm very good. You're not from very far away from Clamaris? No, just over the road, Ballyhonas. Just over the road. And you've come in tonight. How's your quiz knowledge, Sean? Not too bad. Have you heard any of the previous episodes so far this series? Heard one or two of them. Okay. So let's best of luck to you when you're in your debut, Sean. Thank you. And Sean's teammate, also coming to us virtually. Well, not only is he a bit of a veteran, but he's already appeared on this series. So hello, good evening to Patrick Mulrennan. Hi there, John. How are you doing? I'm good, thanks. You? Feeling? Uh, I'm feeling good now, Patrick. Uh, how are you feeling about tonight's uh, show? Well, it all remains to be seen. <laughs> okay, uh, let's go and meet the uh, final member of the team who's also going to reveal tonight's country. So let's uh, say good evening to our robot scorekeeper, Clancy. Good evening, everyone. This evening's country is my spiritual home, the US of A. There we go. So it's a quiz tonight all about good old US of A. On we go with round number one. This is our multiple choice round. In this round, I will ask each player in turn a question with three possible answers. If they can give me the correct answer on their own, they get two points for their side. If they need to confer with their teammate, they only get one point for a correct answer. A wrong answer at any stage will see it offered across to the other side, the remaining two options, that is, for a potential one-point bonus. On the blue team uh, are going first, and Carol is going to go first for them. So, Carol... 
going yeah. by population of their metro areas, which is the largest city in the United States of America. Your options are New York is A, B is Los Angeles, or C is Chicago. So, going by population of their metro areas, their metropolitan areas, which is the largest city in the United States of America? Is it A, New York? Is it B, Los Angeles? Or is it C, Chicago? I would presume it's New York. And is that what you're going to play? Yeah. It's correct. Two points. Yes, New York has 20.3 million people in its metro area, which leaves it a good bit clearer of the second place. Los Angeles has 13.4 million. And Chicago is third on the list with 9.5 million. Okay, over we go to the red team. And we do have our rule about someone being here going first. So that's you, Sean. Here is your question. Which U.S. state was one of three to have been sovereign republics before joining the Union? In its case, its joining of the Union occurred in 1791 when it became the 14th state to be admitted. So which state was that? Was it A, Texas, B, Vermont, or C, Louisiana. So how are you feeling, Sean? It's definitely not Texas. Right. So that was the 1800s. Uh, say Louisiana. He's going for Ooh. Louisiana, and he went on his own. Mm. <laughs> and Patrick has done an impression of the noise. <laughs> so I'm afraid that is not the right answer. So we're offering that across to the blue team. Uh, two options remaining. Blue team, they are Texas... And Vermont. Well, I, I, I was, Carol, I was thinking Vermont from the beginning, and especially thanks to the additional logic we just received there. Thanks very much for that. <laughs> Sean was very good to you, wasn't he? he was. I, I go with that. <laughs> okay. Go with yeah. that. Yes, go it's Vermont. one point there for you guys for Vermont. It was indeed the 14th state admitted to the Union in 1791. Texas was actually the 28th state added, and uh, that was way later on, like the 1845. And Louisiana was the 18th state. Right, uh, back over we go. And Brian, this is your question. Okay. The lyrics of the US National Anthem, the Star Spangled Banner, come from a poem called The Defense of Fort McHenry, which was written by the then 35-year-old lawyer and amateur poet, Francis Scott Key. Key composed this work during which conflict? Your options are A the U.S. Civil War, B, the War of 1812, or C, the Mexican-American War? Okay. Uh, I mean, I was hoping, to be honest, I was hoping you'd ask either about Fort McHenry or Key, because I've been to that fort. Um, oh, well, that's cool. This actually seems like it should be an easier question, but <laughs> I'm still between two options. Okay. So A um, is the U.S. Civil War, B is the War of 1812, or C is the Mexican-American War? I don't okay. know if you want to do well, the full Fort McHenry is, is near... Uh, Baltimore and and uh, the War of eighteen twelve with Britain was in that area, DC, Baltimore area. So I think I'm, it's probably the best option to go for. I'm not hundred percent sure, but I'm going to say eighteen twelve. It's good for two points. Yes, indeed. Fort Thank McHenry you. was under siege from the British uh, Navy, I think. So uh, that's what he wrote the poem about. Very good. And across we go. Final person in the round to play is Patrick for the Reds. Patrick. Yep. In 1923, a large sign was built in the Hollywood Hills overlooking Los Angeles to advertise a housing development. In 1949, the Hollywood Chamber of Commerce entered a contract with the city of Los Angeles to repair and rebuild the sign. The agreement stipulated that some part of the original sign had to be removed so that the sign would simply spell Hollywood and would refer now to the district rather than the original housing development. 
So what letters were removed from the sign? Did they spell A, land, B, vill, that's V-I-L-L-E, or C, pines? I'm pretty sure I know this one. I'm going to go with land. He's going with land, and it's good for two points. Yes, the original housing development there involved was called Hollywoodland. Okay, good scoring all round. Let's go over to Clancy, and we check the scores at the end of that first round. Blue to five points. Red to two points. So, it's a five points to two lead for the blue team. On we go, round two. This is our connections round. In this round, the team that is in will be given two pieces of information. If they can tell me what links them to tonight's country, they get three points. They can ask for a third and then a fourth piece of information should they wish, but they will be playing for two and one point respectively. A wrong answer at any stage, no matter when, we'll see all four pieces of information given across the other side. Who can get a one-point bonus on that question? We start with the team of Australia. It's the red team. So, Sean and Patrick, your first two pieces of information are Razor Light and Stephen Sondheim. So, have a little t- think about that, boys. Razor Light and Stephen Sondheim. Oh, Sean. Well, I've heard of both. That's me. I've only heard of Razor Life. <laughs> um, he's, in, he's, he's, he's at a disadvantage to Patrick, so Patrick. Uh, <laughs> Razor Light yeah. and Stephen Sondheim. They're your first two pieces of information. All right. Uh, do, do, do you know much, what, what can you tell me about Razor Light? Well, I'm beginning to think now, might be the wrong one, but I think Razor Light was a band. Yeah. Do you have anything else? Because Stephen, Stephen Sondheim, I'm sure... Is in musicals, I think. We'll, 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 we'll take the third. Piece okay, yeah. sure. Right. Razor Life, Stephen Sondheim, and now we can add Simon and Garfunkel. Have you heard of them, Sean? I have. Good. Good news. Good. <laughs> is this shedding any light oh, on the situation? Not really. <laughs> Razor Light, Stephen Sondheim, Simon and Garfunkel. Now, the only thing because I've got nothing else and it's going to go across later on anyway. So it's either going to be something like they're from the same state or they have a, an album or something, the same name. Any ideas? I honestly don't. Uh, oh, a wild one. Unless they've, they've only produced one album. And what would that be to do with tonight's theme? Uh, as in American Uh, (laughs) well that's there there you go maybe that's what it is Uh, your three pieces of information are Reservoir Stephen Sondheim and Simon and Garfunkel shall we say they are they've only ever had one album in the American charts really is that what you're playing well unless unless Sean can tell me something else I can, but I'd nearly say go for the fourth piece of information. See, the voice of wisdom is the youth here. Ah, I forgot we got four. <laughs> <laughs> Even though he's never played the game before, he knew that. <laughs> so we're ready for the fourth piece of info then? Yep. Right. Razor Light, Stephen Sondheim, Simon and Garfunkel, and now Neil Diamond. Diamond. Do you get anything, Sean? No. No, he's, uh, he's keeping his counsel to himself there. Uh, All right, Patrick. I don't know, Sean. Uh, 
Well, it won't be one, one album now, so. Yeah, that's true. Neil Diamond has really killed your one album strategy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I'm going to have to push you for some sort of answer now, please. Should we just say the same state? Because we're yeah, getting nowhere. Yeah, we probably want the state. But yeah, we'll say if they're all from the same state. Okay. I'm afraid that is incorrect. As it would have been the most amazing guess if that had come in, <laughs> frankly. So let's go across to uh, Carol and Brian. You've got the four clues there. Razor Light, Stephen Sondheim, Simon and Garfunkel and Neil Diamond. What links them? Carol, maybe, maybe you can reconfirm with some of the other clues. But I know for a fact Razor Light had a song called America. Is that true of any of the others? Do you know? Uh, oh, Neil Diamond might have, actually. Um, would Stephen Sondheim have written West Side Story? Isn't America a There's song a very good song that? in that. Possibly. I'm re- I really don't yeah, know much definitely. about musicals. Okay, well, that's probably a safe option then. Yeah, I'm sure. Given the theme, that's, that's yeah. the answer. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, they all, all had a song called America, John. Yes, that is correct. For one point. They all released, uh, they all had songs, wrote songs called America. Uh, Neil Diamond, Simon Garfunkel, Razorlight had a number one with America in about 2009. And Stephen Sondheim, as Carol correctly came up with, wrote the lyrics or the words, whatever way you want to put it, for West Side Story, alongside Leonard Bernstein, who wrote the music. And uh, America is a very famous tune from that show. So that's the point. Right, blue team, here's your question. First two pieces of information are Virgin Islands and Guam. Um, Brian, these are US territories, aren't they? They're not independent. No, they're not independent. No, you're correct. They are they are territories, yeah, overseas territories for sure. Yeah, but they don't count as states. So. No, no, yeah. yeah, exactly. They're kinda of in between. Yeah, they're not states, they're not independent. Yeah, exactly. It, it could be worth going for now if you think. Sure, why not? We'll go for it and see what the crack is. <laughs> I, love, I love the false right, modesty John. there. Uh, US territories. Is correct. Yes, they are all overseas US territories, but not states of themselves. But they are possessions of America, Virgin Islands and Guam. And then two clues you didn't even need were Saipan, very famous name in Irish contemporary history, <laughs> and Puerto Rico would have been the fourth and final clue. All I'm right. Team Mick McCarthy, by the way, just <laughs> for the record. Still today, it's like the Civil War. It's never going away. <laughs> All right, back we go. Sean and Patrick, Josiah Bartlett, and John Hancock. John Hancock was a founding father. All right. John Hancock was a founding father. And yeah. What's your name, John? Josiah Bartlett. Yeah, Josiah Bartlett. Ooh. Was he was he on was he another signatory on the on the constitution? He could have been. It's hard to remember the model. I, I know there's a I mean there's obviously a character Josiah Bartlett, but he's he's in the West Wing. What do you reckon? Should we go go for his found fathers or go for another clue? Um we, we think so. So I just... think well, you know, we're 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 we've got a we've got a good bit to catch up, so Yeah. We risk it. What are you going risking? Should we say founding fathers? They're founding fathers of America. One, yeah. Well, right. I'll prompt because what what does that mean? Did they do anything specific? They both signed the Declaration of Independence. Yes, they did, Sean. Yes, they did. Very good. I'll hop yeah. in there and say, well done. Yeah, you had uh, Josiah Bartlett, John Hancock, 
the names you didn't get to were Benjamin Franklin and Thomas Jefferson, all original signatories of the Declaration of Independence. I'm on a roll now. Well, unluckily, it's back over to the site. <laughs> point. So across we go to Carol and Brian. You've got Singman Ree, who is spe- surname is spelled R H E E, and Anne Dunham. She's G U N H A M. Singman Ree. Singman Ree. I think Singman Ree. I think Singman Ree was mentioned in uh, Billy Joel. We didn't start the fire, but uh, I, I don't know what it is though. Singman Ree is a person. I think he was. Now I could be completely wrong. A leader of some. Asian country in the 1950s. Okay. Well, I could be yeah, completely right. off, but 50s yeah, no, is definitely yeah. that period, anyway, of the song. And then, Dun- could you spell the other one, John? Anne, and then Dunham, D-U-N-H-A-M. Yeah, I've never heard of her. No, no, I haven't either. I think we're going to need to take another piece. Yeah. Okay. Singman Ree, Anne Dunham, and Ferdinand Marcos. Okay, well, he was the leader of the Philippines. Mm. Were, were they maybe? Were they maybe people? E- either a leaders that were kind of forced out by the United States, or else puppet leaders that were put in place by the United States. Some one of those two. Do you think that's possible? Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm happy to take another piece of information anyway, but just suggesting. Yeah, I, I don't know. Did the did the U.S. have anything to do with the Philippines? I mean, I don't know. I, I, I think they've had something to do with near labour here, but I don't. I don't know specifically. I don't. I don't Things have are getting socio political in here now. Well, we just go for one more. I think we can. Yeah, probably I, think, I think so. Yeah, I think so. Okay, all four clues, one point on offer now. Singman Ree, Anne Dunham, Ferdinand Marcos, and James Cook. God. Yeah, that's not helping. Marcos. Yeah, I mean, I don't. I don't know for sure, but. I, I'd, if I if you made me guess, I would go for something like, like that. You know, puppet leaders put in place by the U.S. You know, like because they, they were involved in places like Grenada as well, so that could explain the, the English sounding names. Oh yeah, okay, uh, sure. We can but, go for that. I don't have anything else at all. Yeah, it's, it's it's not with much confidence, but we can give it a go if you want. Yeah. Okay, John. Yeah. Um, can we say like puppet leaders supported by the United States? Okay. I'm afraid it's incorrect. So, across we go, Sean and Patrick. Your four clues are Singman Ree, Anne Dunham, Ferdinand Marcos, and James Cook. Have you any ideas, Patrick? Well, I mean, the only, the only thing I know about James Cook is um, it's the James Cook that discovered Australia. Yes. Uh, and so. If that's the only thing you know about him, well, then you're in trouble. <laughs> oh, hold on now. You mean you might know uh, one more thing about him? Right. Um, James Cook. He, was he, he was, um, was he the first governor of Australia or something as well? Now, just remember, it's only bonus. So I can't give you too much time. And secondly, yeah. tonight's yeah. theme, okay? <laughs> I need you to remember yes. tonight's theme. One more time and then I'll ask you for an answer. We've got Singman Ree, Anne Dunham, Ferdinand Marcos and James Cook. All uh, famous discoverers born in America, Sean? Might as well. Yep. That's where we go for it, John. Um, I'll get them by preemptory rogging for that. That is unfortunately not right. No, they are all people who died 
on the U.S. in the U.S. state of Hawaii. Oof. I thought that's very specific. (laughs) James Cook. I thought everyone would know that James Cook was killed in Hawaii, but apparently not. That happened in 1779. Ferdinand Marcos, the former dictator of the Philippines, had lived in exile in Hawaii after he was overthrown and died in 1989. Syngman Rhee was the first one of the. I think he was the first, if not one of he was one of the first presidents of South Korea. Um, yeah, Korea. Okay. Yeah, and he he died in on Hawaii in 1965. And Anne Dunham is the late mother of U.S. President Barack Obama, and she died on Hawaii, where of course he was born, in 1995. Let's go and check the scores with Clancy. Blue team nine points. Red team five points. So nine five. There you go. It's 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 a lead, but it's not a unconquerable lead. So let's move on to round three. This is our ever beloved music round. So here we go. In this round, the teams will hear a piece of music. They get a point for identifying the song title and the artist performing. Then they get two subsequent questions, both worth a point each. Any wrong answers will be offered across for a potential bonus point to the side. We'll go with the team that's trailing. That's the red team. So red team, here is your first piece of music. For one point, identify the song title and the artist, please. Okie dokie. So, Sean and Patrick, uh, who was that and what's the name of the song? Any ideas there, Sean? The first thing that came to my head was Earth, Wind and Fire, but I don't think it is them, somehow. Oh, I don't know. I James Brown. Could be James Brown. And what I, don't, was... I, don't know what, I don't know what's in my head is Boogie Nights, but I, I don't know what it sounded like to begin with. But it, the more it went on, it didn't sound like Boogie Nights. <laughs> <laughs> Are we anything? Um, if you, it was Earth, Wind and Fire. Do you, have, do you have a song title for them? If it was Earth, Wind and Fire. No, I'd say we'd go with James Brown. Oh, he's changing. Yeah. He's over to James Brown now. And what okay. was the song title? Anyone? I'd go with Boogie Nights. You're going with yeah. Boogie Nights by James Brown. Okay. I'm afraid that's not right. So across we go. Potential bonus here for the blue team. I haven't a clue, Carol. I'm sorry. Neither do I. Don't oh, know uh, it at all. Uh, music is a weak point now. I don't know. Oh wow. Okay. Okay. Well, I can go. I'll, we'll say that's a pass. So. The other side yeah. were correct with James Brown, but it is uh, his uh, 1985 hit, Living in America. Uh, on theme, you see. It's on on theme. theme. On theme. Right. Back over, back again to the Reds. You're still in. Two questions. This song became the largest hit in the later career of James Brown. It was released in 1985 on the back of its inclusion in which film of that year? It's an absolutely hilarious scene. Living in America. Living um, in America, yes. Oh, I've got it in the head now. It's hardly Spies or Us, is it? Do you think? Spies or Us? Yeah. I don't, I don't know. So, what 1985 film, basically, is the question yeah. here? I don't think I don't think it was. When I'm relying on you a bit here, 1985 is before my time. Oh, no, we can't have such excuses can't, now. Yeah, I can't have that. Can't have that. <laughs> can't be allowing that. I've got, I've got it in my head. I've got, I can see it. You can um, see it? Yeah. Okay, well, I'm going to have to push you for answer shortly. It's somebody, uh, it's somebody just arriving in. 
He's right to be fair. It's an arrival scene. It is it's a man is it, arriving. Is it, is it twins? Is it twins? Mm. No, I'm afraid it's not twins. So across we go. What, what was the year of the film again? 1985. Sorry. 85. Obviously, neither of you have seen this maybe, film. Because if you did, it would indelibly be in your, your memories. Carol, maybe, uh, maybe, maybe um, Coming to America with Yeah, Eddie that's Murphy. what I did think. Eddie Murphy's in that. I haven't seen it in years. So I, I definitely don't remember the music, but it might make sense. Yeah, it would be that kind of a vibe. I mean, the other, the other uh, film that strikes me with the year is Back to the Future, but I don't think it's in that. Yeah, okay. well, it would make sense with the year, yeah, but... If, if you coming don't to America sounds around the right time. Okay. Okay. We're going coming to America. Uh, that is not right either. No. It was the entrance of Apollo Creed in Rocky IV. Oh, okay. When he about to Rocky take four. on Ivan Drago. Okay. <laughs> I've seen that film. As you well. have seen that film, Sean. Of course you have. <laughs> All right. Sorry, Sean. Sorry, Sean. That's the first. That's the first one. A Rocky, Rocky came into my head, and I went, no. So, sorry. All right, you've got one more question. One year after this, so that's 1986 now, Brown released his autobiography. What was the book's title? It, it was the same as the honorific nickname, which is most often used to describe him. I'm trying Any, to think of it. James Brown. Anything? No? The king. Something a soul or lover. Soul man. The soul man. Okay, okay. You playing that? tough to get commitment in this particular show. Right? Yeah. A lot of, in, lot of indecision. So uh, what was the name of James Brown's autobiography released in 1986 using the honorific nickname that is often used to describe him? The Prophet of Soul is in my head. The Prophet of Soul. Okay. Are you okay with that? Yeah. All right. It's not, I'm afraid. So across we go. Carolyn Bryant. I'm sure, I'm sure there's a lot of people shouting the answer at the radio, but uh, I'm sure Carol is going to step in now and help me out. Yeah, it, I think it's something like the father of soul or the godfather of soul or something along those yeah. lines. But yeah. Well, well, no, no James Brown fans in the house tonight. Okay. So pick one of those two, Carol. Yeah, okay. Godfather of soul. That's the correct answer. Nice. Well done. Well done. Well done. Unlucky Sean here. He had of soul, but unfortunately, yeah. uh, not the right first word. Okay. You got it mixed up with Barry White, the prophet of love. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Right. Over we go now. Carolyn Bryan, this is your first piece of music. Please pay attention and I'll be back to you in a second. Okay, now, so, Blue Team, what is that and who is singing it? That was David Bowie, anyway. Um, it's Young Americans. Ah, there you go. Very good. Well done. Well done. Nice. Good use of the theme there. Good use. Yeah. <laughs> All right, two questions on Young Americans by David Bowie. Who sang the backing vocal on this track? A successful singer-songwriter in his own right. He had several hits later on in Ireland, including two reaching the top ten. They were both duets. The best things in life are free in 1992 and Endless Love in 1994 but who was he? Oh I'm afraid I can't be much help here um. No I haven't a clue um. no. Okay so one more time 
who sang the backing vocal on Young Americans. He was a success, successful singer-songwriter in his own right. Later on, he had several hits in Ireland, with two reaching the top ten. They were The Best Things in Life Are Free in 1992 and Endless Love in 1994. Yeah, well, uh, for me, it's a pass anyway. I don't know about you, Carol. What do you get? No, that, that duet, uh, The Best Things in Life Are Free, I think that might, I could be way off getting my song titles mixed up. But I have a feeling that was Janet Jackson, but I don't know who she did the duet with. So that's not really helping, is it? <laughs> that is, well, it's, it is a help in the sense it might prompt something maybe in Brian. But uh, yeah, it is obviously the yeah, other I'm, name. I've also got the right duet then. <laughs> you have indeed got the right duet. We just need the other Thomas. name. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I was banking on that we'd have, hoping that we'd have a nice lead going into music because, yeah, this is a weak point. Uh, <laughs> okay. All right. Is this a pass, guys, or are you going to throw a guess my way? Uh, I can't think of anyone. Okay. We'll call pass that, for me anyway. We'll call that a pass. Right. Over we go to Sean and Patrick. Do you know who we're looking for here? The only name I've got in here is Luther Vandross. Well, now that's a good name to get out there, Patrick, because that is oh. absolutely correct. Well done. Luther Vandross did actually sing the backing vocal on Young Americans. Right. Uh, last question on that for Carol and Brian. This song was taken from the album of the same name. What was the title of the other single released from that album? It was written by Bowie along with Carlos Alomar and John Lennon. And it became Bowie's first number one in the US and Canadian charts. What was the name of that song? I mean, just a case of guessing one, I think, from, from my end. Anyway, do you, do you well, any? I, was, I wonder when was Young Americans released? Are you, I'm, I'm not going to tell you that. We weren't given a year at any point <laughs> no, in the earlier it, questions. It wasn't in no. the question, no. 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 So. Well, well, if it was written with John Lennon, it had to be before 1980. That's good logic. Well done. <laughs> yeah, that narrows it down to about 10 years. Something <laughs> in the 70s. <laughs> so what yeah. was the name of the other single released from the album Young Americans? Written by Bowie, Carlos Alomar and John Lennon. It became his first number one single in the US and on the Canadian charts. Interesting little side fact. Just be guessing here anyway. Yeah, just I'd, I'd say just take a plunge at one of them, yeah. Rebel, rebel. Fred, that is not it. So across we go again. I don't know about you, Patrick, but I'm thinking China Girl. Uh, yeah, the only other one I know is Fame and I don't think that was it. So go on, go oh, with that one. We're going China Girl, okay. Yeah, the answer there was fame. Uh, oh, uh. <laughs> that is that is very unlucky. I, I have to go with my head anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, John Lennon actually sang backing vocal on it, which I think I thought was a, a well-known fact about fame. And uh, that's the clue there. Okay, back we go. Sean and Patrick, you're back in. Here's your next piece of music. That was getting too tight there. Okay, so what is the name of that? Are you all right with this one, Sean? <laughs> it sounds like the Reclaimers, but... It is, yeah. They have anything to do with America? It's Letter from America. It is Letter from America by the Reclaimers. Very good. Two questions. First of them, bit of a table quiz. Standard one here. What is the surname of the twin brothers, Charles and Craig, who make up the Proclaimers? Oh. I mean, I'm, I'm not claiming any originality in that question. I'm sorry, but there you go. It's out there. What is the surname of the brothers, twin brothers, Charles and Craig, who make up the group, the Proclaimers? 
I'm thinking McGovern, I don't know why. Sean's taking a trip to Hunchtown. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't have anything, because uh, as soon as you start talking about twins, all I've got is uh, Ross in my head. So. <laughs> <laughs> the gossip. All right. Matt, Luke, Matt Luker <laughs> jumping in my head. All right. <laughs> so are yeah. we saying a name? Vote, vote Sean there. Sean. Might as well go McGovern. McGovern, okay. Fred is not right. So across we go. Yeah, it's Craig and Charlie Reed. Reed, yes, correct. That's it. Well done, Carl. They are the Reeds. Okay. Still, we're with uh, Sean and Patrick for this final question. Which famous Scottish musician produced Letter from America, as well as having several hit singles in his own right? One of his other early claims to fame was being in the group The Humble Bums alongside Billy Connolly. Any ideas? Well, now it's uh, fallen very well because I can know for a fact that Patrick is a big fan of Billy Connolly. Yeah, but <sighs> Scottish is it? Is it like mid-year? or I don't know if Sean's going to offer you any opinions on these uh, guesses, or he's um, off. I haven't a clue. You have to <laughs> go with yourself. Go with your gut. <sighs> he's giving you full power on this one, Patrick. Uh, humble bums. Um, I do. I don't, I don't think it's. I, I, I'm gonna, I'll go with mid-year, but I, I, I think it's somebody else. But I just can't get his name in my head. Okay, oh, I'm afraid it's not right. So, across yeah. we go. Blue team. Who produced Letter from America? Haven't a clue. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Yeah, I'm just thinking of artists like, you know, Dougie McLean, for example, or I don't know, Jimmy Somerville is Scottish, but almost certainly not right. I just. All right. Are uh, you going to throw a guess my way? Try Dougie McLean. Okay. <laughs> afraid not. The answer there Jerry Rafferty. Oh, yeah. yeah. Him of Baker Street and Steelers Wheel. Yeah. Okay. Final piece of music is for Carol and Brian, and here it is now. Okay, Doc, what's that one? And who's it by? Yeah, I know this, Brian. Okay. It's uh, Horse With No Name by America. Yes, by America the band. Well done. And uh, Sean had a look of knowing that one, so I think he was hoping it would come across. The but... only one I knew. <laughs> okay, we've got uh, two further questions on Horse With No Name by America. The first one, this 1971 hit was the biggest in the group's career. The trio wrote this song while staying in the home of which flamboyant English rock singer-songwriter? He is definitely best known for his 1968 single Fire, which reached number one in the UK singles chart. Who was he? Or who is he? He's still around. No, I don't know, Carol. I haven't a clue. An English singer-songwriter that was big in the 60s. Yes. And is still knocking about. 60s, Jesus. No, I don't, I, don't, I don't have an answer. I'm, trying, I'm going through a few names, but none of them work. I don't know. No, neither do I. I wouldn't even know where to begin with this one. Okay. We'll take that as a, a pass. Sure. Okay. Over we go, gents. Do you know the name of the person whose house they were staying in? He's an English singer-songwriter who's best known for his 1968 single, Fire, which reached number one in the UK singles chart. 
I think in Mick Jagger. I don't know if he had a song called Fire. Well, I don't know if he's best known for that. That's the thing. That's why I was out <laughs> He's definitely not best known for that, yes. <laughs> That's why I, was, I had Mick Jagger and I had Elton John only by the flamboyant bit. Yeah. But then both of those are famous for more for other things, more famous for other things. Yes. Flamboyant. It's the flamboyant bit. Flamboyant rock. English. Okay, I will have to push yeah. you for an answer. I, I don't know. I can't think of anyone like more than other team. I can't think of anybody of those two, and they're definitely not it. Yeah, all right. So we call that a pass, will we? Yeah. All right, I'll tell you guys. That was Arthur Brown and his famous. You've never heard of him. Well, look yeah. up his uh, unbelievable performance of fire, involving lighting his head on fire. Um, now, back to America and back to Carol and Brian. The group's high watermark was during the 1970s. By the end of it, they were no longer a trio and no longer troubling the singles charts. However, they made a brief comeback in the early 1980s when they reached number eight in the US charts with which song of 1982? Any idea of America's last big hit? No. Sorry, Carol. <laughs> oh, no. no, I haven't a clue. Okay. <laughs> Let's quickly move on. So. <laughs> I'll take that as a pass. Yeah. And we go across yeah. Patrick and Sean. What was the last hit of the group America in 1982? I have no idea, Sean. Neither do I, and I'm going to kick myself. Okay, that's all right. We'll say that's a pass as well. Yeah. This has been a, ha- a hard enough music round so far. That was You Can Do Magic is the name of that song. Right, we're going to take our first ad break, but before we do, let's go over to Clancy and we see how the scores stand. Blue to 13 points, red to 7 points. Okay, so it is uh, 13 points to 7, and here comes the first ad break. We'll be back in two minutes' time. You're welcome back to After the Fact on Clamaris Community Radio. It's our weekly trivia quiz game where all of the questions are this series all about a specific country. Tonight, that country is the US of A. After the first three rounds, the blue team, which tonight is Carl Cronin and Brian Shaw, are on 13 points. Have a good lead, has to be said, uh, of six points over the red team, tonight being Sean McDermott and Patrick Mulrennan. Okay, we're back and we're ready for round four. This is our 20 questions round. In this round, I will ask the team a simple trivia question. They have up to a minute to answer it. If they give me the right answer, they get a point. And they also get to keep control. It means they get the next question as well. This can go on until at most five in a row have been answered correctly, at which point they will have to give over control of the game, but they will get a bonus sixth point for that achievement. We start with the team that is trailing. That is the red team. Sean and Patrick, are you ready? Here's question one. In 1507, the German cartographer Martin Walsemuller produced a world map on which he named the lands of the Western Hemisphere America in honour of the explorer and cartographer Americo Vespucci. In what modern-day country was Vespucci born in 1454? Italy, is it? Yeah, I think so. Oh, well, I won't even start the clock. It's correct. Okay, we're off and running. Number two. Which US state is nicknamed the Sooner State? S-O-O-N-E-R. It is the only state in which the capital city shares the same name as the state. So which US state is that? It's nicknamed the Sooner State, and it's the only state in which the (coughs) capital has the same name as the state itself. I'm thinking Seattle. Which Seattle state? Yeah. No, no. The state and the capital city have to be the same name. Yeah. Is it... Oh, I have no idea. Um, 
New Jersey, maybe? Yeah, yeah. 20 seconds left to make yeah, an answer. Go New Jersey. We're going with New Jersey. Afraid <laughs> not. Off the top of my head, the capital of New Jersey is Trenton. Right, across we go. Uh, Carol and Brian, you're going to get the next question, but you can get Mike at a bonus there. What state are we looking for? Its nickname is the Sooner State, and it is the only one in which the capital city and the state share the same name. Think in Indiana, Brian. I think the capital of Indiana is Indianapolis. Uh, well, well it, it is, but I know that's called the, the Hoosier State. I don't know. Right, okay. if it, I don't know. if some, some states have more than one nickname, though, don't they? I don't know. Yeah. Um, the only thing that was in my head was Oklahoma. You know, Oklahoma oh, City. Oklahoma City is the capital, yeah. Yeah, you're right. I don't know about the nickname, but... Yeah, no, that's... Well, Oklahoma City is the capital, so I'd go with that. Can we try it? Yeah. Well done. Oklahoma is the correct answer there. There's no way I'd have been giving you an answer for Indianapolis and Indiana. That is, there are two different words there. Right. Next question for the blue team, therefore. The top trophy in which North American sport was presented by and is named after the 16th Earl of Derby? I mean, I know for I know the the hockey trophy is called the Stanley Cup. Yeah, I have no idea if that's the name of an Earl of Derby. Um, I can't remember the name of the football trophy. Oh, that's something like Lombardi or something like that. Is it Vince Lombardi or something well, like that? And that won't be an Earl of Derby. So Stanley mightn't be a bad shout because Stanley is the capital of Falkland Islands. So you know it's English. Yeah. So hockey then, ice hockey. Ice hockey, yeah. Okay. Isaki is absolutely correct. Yes, Frederick Stanley was indeed the 16th Earl of Derby and he was the Governor General of Canada and he presented Isaki with the cup that bears his name. Okay, third question for your set. The second president of the US, he is considered one of the founding fathers of the country. He served for one term, just like his son, who was the sixth president. What name? I think that's John Adams, Carol. John Adams, yeah. Yeah, correct. Okay. And the son being Quincy. John Quincy Adams. Yeah. Next question. What was the name of the colony, the first attempt at founding a permanent English settlement in North America that was established in 1585, but by the arrival of an expedition in 1590 was found to be completely deserted, with only a single clue to indicate what happened to the colonists, the word Croatoan carved into a tree. What was the name of that colony? Um, did you, did you say in, in North America? Is that what you said? Yes, yes. It was the first attempt at founding a permanent English settlement in North America. It was established in 1585, but by the arrival of an expedition in 1590, it was basically found to be deserted. Couldn't find anyone. And the only clue left as to what had happened was a single word, Croatoan, carved into a tree. I mean, again, this is just guess, Carol, but maybe something like Newfoundland since it's closer to get to, but I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't know the answer to this. I've read about it before, but I don't remember it. So yeah, we can go at Newfoundland. Okay. I'm afraid that's not right. So, cross we go. You're getting the next question, Sean and Patrick, but you might get a bonus here. What was the name of that colony? I've got Nova nothing. Scotia. Nova Scotia. You can go with that. That's not right either. It was called Roanoke, and it was in Virginia. Oh, I've heard of it. You've heard of it. Yeah. yeah. All right, it's uh, Sean and Patrick in, and here's your question. The Volstead Act, which was ratified by the U.S. government in 1919, banned the production and sale of what? Oh, the alcohol, wouldn't it? 
That's what I was thinking as well, yeah. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. It was alcohol, correct. It was basically the onset of what is known as prohibition. It was the passing of the Volstead Act. Right, next question for you guys. Most people probably know that the national bird of the United States is the bald eagle. But can you tell me, please, what is the national mammal of the country? I've got brown bear in my head. Brown bear. I think. It could be. I've got, got nothing better. He's, I think he's, he's giving you the power again, I think, is what's happening here. Oh, well, brown bear then. Brown bear, okay. Yeah. Well, is incorrect. So over we go. Carl and Brian, you're in, and you might get a bonus here as well. What is the national mammal of the United States? Um, uh, maybe yeah. maybe grizzly bear. I, I, I don't know if that's... I well, know. I would have prompted, to be fair to me. You would, you would have prompted on that? That's what I thought. Okay. Yeah. Okay. What else are, what else are the famous for? <laughs> I think I have it now. Maybe some kind of, um, oh, I don't know, maybe something like a, one of the big cats they have, like cougars or like something. Lynx. Or, the lynx uh, American. I think, they might get, I think they might have lynx as well. I can't remember wh- which cats are where. They definitely have big cats there. I think they have cougar. I think they have um, wild cat. Lynx maybe as well. Yeah, I, I'm not sure. Okay, I'm going to push you for an answer, please. Let's try it. Okay, you're going for a lynx, yeah? Yeah, okay. Yeah. No, I'm afraid not. Buffalo. It's a buffalo. Yeah, the American uh, bison is what bison, it is. Yeah, yeah. Sure. yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, Carol and Brian, you're in anyway. And here's your question now. Which 2014 historical film directed by Ava DuVernay and written by Paul Webb is based on a series of voting rights marches which took place in 1965? The film starred David Oyelowo as Martin Luther King Jr. and Tom Wilkinson as President Lyndon B. Johnson. I think that might be Selma, uh, Carol. Yeah, okay, I'm crap at films, so go with that. Yeah, I haven't seen it, but yeah. We'll try Selma, John. Selma. Yes, it was about a film about a series of marches from the city of Selma to Montgomery, Alabama. Right, you're still in, and here's the next question. The Grand Canyon is 277 miles or 446 kilometres long and up to 18 miles or 29 kilometres wide and can have a depth of over a mile but tell me, please, which river flows through it? Pretty sure it's the Colorado River. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Yeah, I, I can't imagine anything else. So, yeah, I think Colorado is probably the best shout. Okay. Yeah. Colorado okay. is correct. Officially included in the United States National Register of Historic Places, the site identified as the birthplace of Silicon Valley, in quotes, is a garage where a multinational information technology company was founded by two college friends. Their first financially successful product was a precision audio oscillator. What is the name of the company they founded? Well, I work for a, a kind of a, a successor company, a spin-off from them, so I know the answer is Hewlett Packard. <laughs> that came out yeah. well. Well done. Yes. Yeah. yes, Mr. Hewlett and Packard were the men involved there. All right, so that's three in a row. Here's number four. In 1860, this man was 38 and working in his father's leather goods business in Galena, Illinois. By the time of his 47th birthday, he was the newly installed President of the United States. Who made this meteoric rise? Do you mind, do you mind if I ask you to repeat it once more? I will, no problem. Sorry. In, in yeah. 1860, this man was 38 and working in his father, father's leather goods business in Illinois. By the time of his 47th birthday, he was the newly installed President of the United States. Who was he that made this meteoric rise? 1869. Um, does that work for Lincoln or? No, Lincoln was shot in 65. Right. And it would be one term then after 
staff, perhaps. Who was after him? God, I, I don't know. If, uh, uh, when when was Andrew Jackson? He 20 was... seconds. I'd say he was earlier than that. Um, I, I, it's just because I thought LinkedIn was from Illinois, but I don't, I don't know. I don't know. If, if it doesn't work, go ahead with something else. I don't know. Okay, 10 seconds. Uh -huh. And here comes the end of the time. Grant. You're saying Grant. Grant. Yeah. It's correct. Well done. That well done. Came well, out in the last answer. second there. It was, yes, Ulysses S. Grant, who, of course, rose to be the commander in chief of the Northern Armies during the Civil War. And that's what led him to then end up being elected president four years later. All right. That's four in a row. So here's the one for the fifth. Are you ready? Yep. In September 2017, the administration of President Donald Trump rescinded the Deferred Action for Childhood Arrivals, DACA. Act, a policy that had allowed individuals who entered the U.S. as minors to be eligible for a work permit. In popular culture, the approximately 800,000 individuals who qualify under this policy are known by what nickname? Taken from an act that was first introduced to the U.S. Senate in 2001, but as of today has still not been passed. So what are they known as? I think that, I think, Carol, it might be dreamers. Yeah, that sounds That's a word familiar. I've heard used a lot in that context. Yeah. You try that? Try yeah. Dreamers, John. Dreamers. Gets you two points. Correct. Yes. The Dream Act, which was supposed to help, is, is supposed to help those kids who were brought into America illegally uh, underage, um, has been stuck in limbo since 2001. But it, it has given them the nickname or the Dreamers. All right. Across we go. So control has shifted across to Patrick and uh, Sean. Are you ready? Winning the title for the ninth time in their history. Which side are the current World Series champions in the sport of baseball? Jackness, the New York Yankees. Uh, I, I, I don't know. Neither of you are hot in sport, no? No. Okay. Not in baseball. Um, I'll accept the city. I'll be generous. So, winning for the ninth time in their history, which side are the current World Series champions in the sport of baseball? Boston. Boston. Are you playing that? Is there anything, any, any objections from the other side? No. Can't <laughs> go, Boston. He says no, and he's right to yes. say no, because Boston Red Sox are indeed the answer. All right, next question. Windsor, Ontario, the southernmost city of Canada, is situated directly to the south of which U.S. city? That's a mind bender. So Windsor, Ontario, the southernmost city of Canada, is situated directly to the south of which U.S. city? <laughs> and you can go look this up on a map afterwards if you don't believe me. Huh? Nothing. I'm just saying you can look it up on a map afterwards if you want. But do you know it? Uh, uh, my northern city's up there, Milwaukee. Or Detroit is up there. Um, Minnesota. I was thinking Providence, up Rhode Island. Up in the top right corner. Okay, I'm going to push you for an answer. You've got 14 seconds. I think it's one around the lakes because that'd be 
with the well, yeah, go on, go on. Which one are you going with? We'll go with Detroit. You're going to Detroit. Oh. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> this oh, is a very man. late comeback you're trying to stage here, but it seems to be working so far. Right. Detroit is correct there, yes. Next question. Coming into force in 1994, and almost certainly about to be superseded by the signed but as yet unratified US-Canada-Mexico Accord, which pact created a trilateral trade block in North America and eliminated trade and investment barriers among its three members? So it came into force in 1994, and it's going to be superseded, it looks like, by the yet unratified but signed US-Canada-Mexico Accord. But what was the original pact called that created a trilateral trade block in North America and eliminated trade and investment barriers? The only thing I've got in my head is NAFTA, like North American Free Trade Association. All right. Are you going to play that? I'm going to go unless, again, unless there's anything from the other side. Unless Sean is I have nothing at all. Sean, Sean, Sean is concurring with you yeah. on this one. Yes. Yes, it is NAFTA. Well done. Uh, North pedantic. America Free Trade Agreement, to be pedantic, but NAFTA will do. <laughs> all right. Next question. Since 2016, what is the official name of the highest mountain peak in the United States with a summit elevation of 20,310 feet? That's 6,190 meters above sea level. The only one I've got is Mount McKinley. And I, now, that's, I'll that's give you the question again. Head. Since 2016, Since what is the official name of the highest mountain peak in the United States? <laughs> All sorts of noise going on there. This is Patrick's brain <laughs> working. All right. Uh, I've got all I've got is Mount McKinley, um, and that's what it was. But with, with the 2016 thing, yes, I think uh, it was St Helen. I'm not sure either. I didn't know. I'm oh, sorry. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> we know it's not that anyway. Um, 15 seconds. Mount Washington. Okay, Mount Washington. He says. <laughs> That's not right. So across we go. Yeah, Denali. It is Denali. Yeah, Denali. Yeah. Yes, it's correct. Denali. Was Mount McKinley, Patrick? You you do know the yeah. the, the right mountain there, but it was now known by its uh, native uh, Alaskan name of Denali. All right, Carol and Brian. Eleanor Holmes Norton is the current non-voting delegate elected to the U.S. House of Representatives by the residents of which district, who have no representation at all in the U.S. Senate. Who are they or where do they live? Uh, Carol, I think that's the District of Columbia. I think she was the mayor of Washington before this current yeah. job. So I okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's correct, yes. She is the uh, congresswoman from the District of Columbia. Right, uh, there's three questions left in the set. Let's get through them. Under the Sea, 1989. Beauty and the Beast, 1991. A Whole New World, 1992. And Colours of the Wind, 1995, are all winners of the Academy Award for Best Original Song. The music for all four of these was written by which prolific American composer? Um, the only name I have is, Carol, is Randy Newman. who I know wrote music for stuff like Toy Story, but I don't know if... Yeah, I could go with that. I mean, they're um, not they're not songs in Toy Story, just music. But you know, it's just a. I, I don't know their names. Do you have any names? No. Um, well, the only one I have is Hans Zimmer, but I don't know—is he like American or 
with you know first generation whatever from Germany or somewhere, but his is mainly instrumental. So yeah, maybe yeah. we we'll go Randy Newman. Okay, okay. Let's try Randy Newman. Okay, you're going for Randy Newman. Great, it's not right. So, uh, Sean and Patrick, who's the composer there? I've had a thought about this one, Patrick. Yep. Would it be John Williams? He's done a lot with Disney. Yep, yep. Okay, John Williams. <laughs> no, afraid not. His I'm name is that buzzer. Alan Menken. <laughs> Alan Menken. That's his name. Don't worry, you've got control still, so this is your question. The ninth president of the US was also the shortest lived. He died on the 32nd day of his term in office, probably from a bug caught while delivering the longest inauguration speech in U.S. history, over two hours in length, on one of the coldest days of that year. Who was he? William Henry Harrison. <laughs> Thank you, The Simpsons. Oh, there you go. Uh, I wonder if I'd the clock at the body's right. It was William Henry Harrison. And final question. Strangely, the lowest and highest points in the contiguous US, so that's the 48 states, ignoring Alaska and Hawaii, the lowest and highest points in those contiguous United States are found in the same state and, in fact, are only about 84 miles or 135 kilometres apart. In which state can you find those two vastly different points? I'm thinking Colorado. The Grand Canyon. Yeah, would it be wherever, yeah, wherever the Grand Canyon is, I guess. And, yeah. It's Colorado, you... <laughs> Rather than I say I shot on the foot once. Um, <laughs> so, in which state can you find both the highest and lowest points in the contiguous United States? So, what are you going to play? Go on, go Colorado. Go Colorado. Okay, Colorado. Finish it. Not. Over we go. Final point of the game is available here. Blue team. Yeah, Carl, I think it's California. Yeah, I was thinking that because isn't Death Valley the lowest point in the state? And I'm not sure. I'm not. Yeah, it probably makes sense. I'm not sure of a specific points, but I just remember this coming up in a quiz years ago, and I said Colorado at the time, but I'm, I was surprised. I remember being surprised. You it live was and California. Learn, don't you? So California <laughs> is correct. Well done. Yeah, Carol is right. Death Valley is indeed the lowest point. That's minus 85 meters to sea level, but uh, just a 135 kilometers away is Mount Whitney, which is 14,505 feet or 4,421 meters above sea level in the Sierra Nevada mountains. Okay, let's go over to Clancy. For tonight's final score. Blue team 25 points. Red team 13 points. So it's a pretty comfortable win there for the blue team tonight. So congratulations to them. Congratulations to Carol and Brian. Thank you for taking part, guys. Thank you, Thank you. very much. And a hard luck to Patrick and to Sean. Commiserations. Yeah. <laughs> well done, guys. So we will talk to you all next week for another episode. And uh, stay tuned for some podcast extras, of course, if you're listening on the podcast. We'll talk soon. Goodbye and thanks for listening. Podcast Extra. Okay, there's, a, there's one happy face in this room anyway, so that bodes well. <laughs> right, it is... Uh, I, I keep for, who, who won the coin toss week one? I keep forgetting. Uh, I think it was the red team, yes. So we're now on episode four, which means the blue team are going to start tonight. Uh, our usual rule about uh, whoever's in the room goes first is not applying here, so we will say ladies go first, I think. All right, you so it's a five points to two lead for the red team. No, for the blue team. 
I'm going to re-record that. It's a... F- <laughs> <laughs> so, it's a five points to two lead for the blue team. Sounded better the first time. <laughs> mm, certainly. Except it would have been worth... Uh, if It was this noise. Yeah, but I deserve that. Okay. Is in musicals, I think. Should we just go with music? Just go no, with music. That, Is that going to be your that, guess? Music. No, 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 no. Ha ha! I beat you there. Ha ha ha! Right. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go and check the scores. R O A N A A R O N. Hang on. R O A N O K E. Roanoke. Most people probably know that the national bird of the United States is the bald eagle. But can you please tell me what is the national mammal? Oh, no. turn that off. We still think we said. Right. That's John Jr. who's here monitoring for the other side. Um, right, I'll ask that question again. All right, thanks, guys. I'll just put the mics back up. Um, that was. That, oh, and John's here to apologise for the phone Apologies. going off. Apologies, it's done that twice now. <laughs> <laughs> Do you not know what? Turn your phone off. Oh, well, I turned it down, but the volume's acting up on me. Don't talk shit. You just, just turn it off I know next what time. It happened to me in school today. As well, so. <laughs> Excuses. I think you'd learn. I know. I won't bring it in the next. Okay. Uh, apologies. I blame his phone's distractions for uh, us losing. <laughs> I think it was well. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> our question. We <laughs> will say, off. Thanks everyone for coming on, and I'll talk to you when I talk to you. Podcast extra super bonus time. You can name the ten countries that have a coastline in South America. Sean's going first. Brazil. Yep. Paraguay. Hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> <laughs> right. We take turns. You're probably wrong anyway. <laughs> okay. Uh, who wants to go second? Okay, I'll go second. Argentina. Yep. Brian, we'll say you're right. All right, I'll say I'll say Suriname. Yep. Carol. France. Ooh, <laughs> nice answer. Well, I, I didn't get a chance to say that that haven't got a coastline anywhere else. But anyway, Ooh. I will take French Suriname. So there's now 11. <laughs> okay. French Guyana. <laughs> French right. Guyana. Right, we're back to Sean. Chile, I think. Yep. Yeah. Oh, then me. Um, Uruguay. Yep. Oh, God. Brian. What's been said so far? Um, <laughs> Venezuela. Yep. Carol. Colombia. Yep. Ecuador. Yep. Two to go, John. Oh, what have we got left? We've gone through the... Da, 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 da. Uh, Peru. Yeah. One more. Yeah, well, we already said French Guiana, but there's also the country of Guyana. Yeah, that's it. Hey! I actually had Guyana in my head and I went, no, someone said that already. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but there you go. I was wrong. Okay, well done, everyone. We got through them. Yeah, yeah. Okay, uh, I'm going to just uh, queue up the theme tune, and we will begin the show. So sit tight, everyone, and uh, here it comes. <laughs> 